Judge Robinson, what are you doing here? This room is jurors only. You're not supposed to be here, sir. This is important. I heard you decided that this woman on trial for sex trafficking is guilty. Yes, we did. Eh, try again. God just told me that she's innocent. Keep deliberating until you agree with me and God. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine being sitting in a jury room and having this guy barge in and say, wait, wait, God told me to do this. It's like, what? I mean, it's Texas, (laughs) so yes. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Neil. Today we decided to talk about judges, bad judges. After recording our forced pregnancy episode and discussing the jokes that are the Republican-nominated justices on the Supreme Court, we were wondering what we can find in regular courts. That's exactly right. And let me tell you that much, guys. It doesn't look promising. No, it does not. Sandra, as our social media person extraordinaire, you know the dangers of posting. The screen literally erodes your retinas and probably your brain, too. Not my brain, just my eyes. But what can you do? The podcast won't treat itself. But we're not the only tweeting and gramming people in the world. From the dawn of written language, humans have been compelled to post. Someone should have given Hammurabi a too-long-didn't-read. His list of laws from 3,700 years ago filled up a whole physical post. A stone (laughs) one about seven and a half feet tall. (laughs) Yes, Hammurabi was a Babylonian king who wrote the best code of laws. This code of laws was written on stone slabs named Steles. Hammurabi was, at the point, a new account, so to speak, just like us. And look at him now. He's famous. Well, we're going to talk about another new account. One from 2014 that, like so many other new accounts, took his burning desire for posting fame a bit too far. This is the story of a man named Mike Maggio. He's a judge from Arkansas, used to be a judge from Arkansas, who in 2014 was revealed as the one posting a steady stream of racist, sexist, and otherwise just pretty much awful posts on a college football forum. The height of this was his reveal of the details of a sealed adoption by actress Charlize Theron, which ultimately got him removed from the bench, disbarred, and after an investigation into his other political improprieties, thrown in jail, all for his precious posts. We should start by saying that this whole story comes to us thanks to the efforts of one attorney who's also in Arkansas. This guy is a talented blogger. He's also a very good lawyer. Rare combination. His name is Matt Campbell, and he runs the blog Blue Hog Report. That is, incidentally, also a reference to the State University, whose sports mascot is also a pig. So Sandra would probably be a fan since she laughs like a pig. (laughs) Well... Well, I'm a big fan of all piggies. I love piggies, but I don't laugh like a pig. It's in your head. Anyway, Matt Campbell, the attorney, got a tip from a friend in 2014 that someone on the unofficial LSU sports forums, that's Louisiana State University, revealed the details of a sealed adoption by actress Charlize Theron. And it checked out. In 2012, a user on the tigerdroppings.com forum who went by the name Go Judge, and he spelled it like a Cajun would spell it, G-E-A-U-X, said, said, quote, I don't know 
if this is the right board, but I have a friend who is the judge that did her adoption today. It was a single parent adoption. I offered to be the baby daddy. Yeah. He said she came dressed with a long brown wig, oversized clothes, trying to camouflage her appearance. They took pics, but can't be published because closed proceeding. He said that she did have an entourage. Just when you hear it on TMZ. I don't even know what to say. Like the baby daddy thing, disgusting. You know, that's the thing. That's why I want to bring the pigs back for a second. People compare judges like this one and men like this one to pigs. That is a very, very big affront to all pigs of the world. Piggies are good animals. Piggies are not like that. This judge is on another level. I'm not even going to address this. But the point is a user named Tracy Tiger who says they are from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, asked, and I quote, did she get herself a black baby? <sighs> and then Maggio, a.k.a. Go Judge, replied, quote, yep. So this is how these people were posting before public scrutiny on the internet was a thing. And just to clarify, Charlize Theron really wanted this adoption to go through privately. She's a very private person. She cares about her family. She wants things to be kept between her family and her friends. She doesn't like the attention in the press. And this adoption was something very personal to her. She she, she went to big lengths to keep it, you know, under wraps. Just because it's something very, very, uh, you know, intimate and personal to adopt a child. And this judge goes online and outs her. And moreover, the racist undertones, well, actually tones in this whole thing, it's absolutely disgusting. But I just want to say that Charlize Theron, I love her as an actress, and I do love Monster and Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. She, she's a great actress, great actress. Yeah, Devil's Advocate was a great movie. I still watch it every now and then. So I lived in the state where Maggio was a judge at the time. And I first heard about this story and... The blogger Matt Campbell that way. Uh, I was friends with another local true crime blog type guy. Uh, of course in the, you are. Of course I am. <laughs> I wonder how I wound up doing a history true crime podcast. <laughs> uh, that guy lived in the state capitol and he and I were in the same neighborhood. And uh, he was also friends with Matt. I can assure you that if you want to see a mob of racist idiots babble wrong things at each other all day long, look no further than a college football forum in the Deep South. It has every brand of idiot that you could possibly want. That I know, but that is also crazy because aren't 95% of its athletes on those teams black? Yes, that's the thing. So all of these old white dudes compensate for whatever they lack via an unhealthy mm -hmm. obsession with what unpaid 19-year-old kids do on a football field. And I don't know how, but they have to reconcile their racism with the fact that virtually all of those 19-year-old football players are black. Yeah, and I guess the frustration and the upsetness about it comes out online on those forums where they think people don't pay attention. And all of this is very surreal. Maggio has quite a list of posts that should have been archived because 
When you start digging into his internet history, whew. Anyway, we don't need to repeat them all. There are screenshots in the original article from Matt Campbell in the notes if anyone wants to read them. Suffice to say that he thinks wives should be property of their husbands, non-whites are to be mocked, and there's more. Yes, indeed more. When you draw Matt Campbell's attention, there's not going to be any escape. He is a very talented researcher in addition to being an entertaining political gossip writer. So if you got skeletons, he's going to find them. The original post outing Maggio as the racist, sexist message board guy who was guilty of violating state adoption laws by revealing Charlize Theron's adoption was published on March 3rd of 2014. One week later, Matt had a complete set of details on how Maggio sold his influence to nursing home corporation owners who literally kill their patients via neglect. Yeah, this got sketchier by the day, it seems. Matt cites a case from February 2012 about a nursing home patient who was taken into a new facility after a stroke. Quote, Miss Bull was admitted to the nursing home for 30 days of rehabilitation after a stroke. During the night after she had been in the facility for approximately one week, she complained of severe pain, sweating, and the inability to go to the bathroom. Nothing was done. When the next shift of employees came in at the nursing home, she continued to complain. A doctor was finally called at 2.20 p.m. the following day and sent an order for the patient to be sent to an emergency room for evaluation due to a history of stroke and abdominal abscesses. The director of the nursing staff at the nursing home received the order at 3.34 p.m. and then left for the day without acknowledging the order. The director of nursing faxed the order to another wing of the nursing home and no one saw the fax. The patient screamed in pain throughout the afternoon to the point that patients in adjacent rooms and halls complained about the noise. She was found dead at 10.20 p.m. that night. The unread faxed doctor's order was found the next day. Predictably, the jury in this case found the nursing home at fault for the patient's death and awarded the plaintiffs $5.2 million in their wrongful death suit against the nursing home. Can you imagine just sitting there doing nothing while somebody screams in pain like down the hall from you and doing nothing for a full day? This baffles me. But in any case, here's the kicker. The lawsuit included, as defendants, the nursing home itself, a company called Central Arkansas Nursing, and the owner of that company, a man named Michael Morton. On April 9th of that year, two months before the jury's verdict, Maggio inexplicably granted a motion by Morton to remove Central Arkansas Nursing and Morton himself from the lawsuit, despite the fact that they managed the nursing home where the woman was allowed to die in screaming agony. And Maggio's services to Morton's company were not quite done at that point. After the jury awarded the $5.2 million judgment to the dead woman's family, Maggio granted a motion to adjust the monetary award granted to the plaintiffs because the $5.2 million price tag on the woman's life, quote, shocked the conscience of the court. Really? So that woman's dying, screaming in pain, horrible pain. Yes. That, that was not shocking for Maggio. What was shocking for Maggio, you know, anyway, he overruled the jury verdict and personally reduced the judgment down to $1 million. 
And on the exact same day, he granted the motion to reduce the judgment in the case, the following, shall we say, completely unrelated events happened. Sherwood Nursing, owned by Michael Morton, donated $3,000 to Go Good Government PAC, which in turn donated $2,250 to Maggio's campaign fund. MSM Properties, also owned by Michael Morton, donated $3,000 to Thomas Group PAC, which also donated $2,250 to Maggio's campaign. Quapaw Care and Rehabilitation, also owned by Morton, donated $3,000 to Judicial Reform PAC, which donated $1,500 to Maggio's campaign fund. Briarwood Nursing, also owned by Morton, donated $3,000 to Citizens for Information Technology PAC, and that PAC donated $1,450 to Maggio's campaign fund. Central Arkansas Nursing Centers, owned by Morton, and previously one of the named defendants in this case, before Maggio removed them from it, donated $3,000 to DBH2PAC, which donated the whole $3,000 to Maggio's campaign fund. Michael Morton personally donated $3,000 to Conservative Persons PAC, which in turn donated $1,500 to Maggio's campaign fund. Good Shepherd Nursing and Rehab Center, also owned by Morton, donated $3,000 to Taxpayers for Change PAC, which in turn donated $1,000 to Maggio's campaign fund. I really hope Maggio ends up in a nursing home where he is subjected to the same treatment the people he's been taking advantage and profiteering from receive. Like, that would be the best karma. And, you know, to be crystal clear, none of these political action committees existed before Maggio granted the motion to reduce the judgment in the case. They were all registered by a man named Chris Stewart, on July 31st of 2013, three weeks after Maggio granted the motion to reduce the amount in the judgment case, five of the seven packs gave money only to Maggio. One of the other two only gave $250 to one other candidate. All seven packs received their first donation from Morton or a Morton-owned company. And to clarify a bit further, rumors about the case were that Morton only had a $1 million insurance policy on the nursing home business. So for seven times $3,000 or 21 grand, he reduced his personal liability beyond the insurance policy from say $4.2 million down to about zero. Yes, so the next logical step for the family of the woman killed by one of Morton's nursing homes was to sue Maggio for taking a bribe to reduce the judgment owned to them. And that didn't work. Now, our old friend Judicial Immunity raised his head. So, another Arkansas judge dismissed the case against Maggio, brought by the family of the woman killed in the nursing home, because he said Maggio's actions fell under judicial immunity, meaning that a judge cannot be liable for a judgment decision made in his court. This is, of course, a controversy since the time of this case against Maggio, because we've had a lot of talk in the past year after police brutality protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, and similar situations about removing immunity from police. But I'll go ahead and give people a prediction. 
Any politician that goes along with removing immunity from police, you better keep an eye on them because you're going to catch them 10 minutes later doubling up on judicial immunity so that convicted cops can be, you know, shuffled off to certain judges paid to wipe out criminal sentences. And just like Maggio was paid by the nursing home owner to do his deeds, you're going to find politicians being paid to do the same thing for those cops, even if they remove their immunity. It's not going to go away easily. So as long as giving money to politicians is legal, I think these things are going to continue to happen. There's not a compromise that's going to improve the situation. I think you're going to have to just purge money from politics. I disagree because no money at all in politics is utopia. It won't happen, but we can improve things nevertheless, and we can start by voting out bad judges locally, getting organized and involved locally. And anyway, at least Maggio did wind up in prison, and the former state Republican Party chairman may wind up in prison as well. Maggio was released after serving five years out of a 10-year sentence, and it seems that part of his early release was conditional upon his cooperation in the case against Gilbert Baker, former state Republican Party chairman, who physically took the checks from Morton that were intended to go to Maggio's campaign. And what was our boy Michael Morton charged with? Nothing. Of course, nothing. Despite the fact that his company killed the woman who all of this was about. Nothing, nothing happened to him, despite the fact that his money bribed the judge to reduce the ruling against him for killing that woman. He is charged with nothing. And also about the um, judicial immunity thing, I don't understand how that could even apply in this case, because I understand that for things he did in court. The bribe he took, he didn't take it while he was in court. He took it in his private life. So I think the immunity stops at the door of the court. I think that's how that law was intended to be applied. So they're perverting it. That's the problem. That was the argument that the woman's family made was that, look, if he took a bribe outside of court, how can immunity apply? But are you going to have to convince another judge to weaken the law that also protects him? So good luck with that. I don't think that's going to happen. But At least judges do get punished, right? No, not really. No, there's a long investigative report from Reuters published in June of 2020 that examined cases nationwide in which judges were reprimanded. They found over 5,000 cases of judicial misconduct resulting in a judge being reprimanded, over 3,600 of which did not identify the judge by name. Out of all these judges, 90% still held their positions as judges in courts after their punishment. The Reuters reporter said that they could identify over 5,200 people who were directly harmed by the action of these corrupt judges. So we need some sort of context here. How many judges are there total in the United States? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know what I always say, right? You can ignore your trauma and hope it disappears, but the only way forward is to deal with it. Life keeps throwing curveballs at all of us. Fireballs, speedballs, too many balls. (laughs) And when you're overwhelmed, you're not at your best and it affects your interactions with the people you care about. So how do you deal with it all? Call your therapist like I do. Yes, dupe friends, I'm a BetterHelp happy customer. I've been using their services since way before we even started this podcast. I can attest to the fact that Sandra is, uh, shall we say, a much lovelier person to be around. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, shut up. Also, my therapist will love hearing that. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's affordable, it's flexible, and most importantly, it's entirely online. And you'll get 10% off of your first month if you sign up at betterhelp.com dubious, or just click that link in the episode notes. Yes, and then you can talk to your therapist whenever and however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. So do yourself a favor, take care of your mental health, because when you feel empowered, you are prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Visit BetterHelp.com dubious to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash dubious. Well, the same Reuters story says that throughout the United States, there are a total of around 30,000 judges at any given time. So we're talking a little more than 16% of all judges who have been reprimanded by their state or federal judicial oversight organizations. Therefore, it stands to reason that if you wind up before a judge at any time in your life in the United States for, let's say, a divorce or a traffic violation or whatever it is, there's a roughly one in six chance that a judge who directly affects your life is corrupt. Yeah, pretty much. And even if they're caught, there is a 60% chance that it will be done anonymously so that you can't even know about the judge being reprimanded. There are some egregious cases worth mentioning from the examples found in this report. A judge in Texas burst into a jury deliberation and declared to the jurors that God himself told him the defendant was innocent. It was a sex trafficking case. This is the guy that inspired our intro for this episode. His name is Jack Robinson. I'm thinking God told that guy, you are in the madam's black book, so you need to undo this trial. That's probably (laughs) closer to the truth. Most likely, yes, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. In California, a judge had sex with an intern in his government office, as well as sex with an attorney trying a case before him. A Missouri judge was found to have deliberately delayed appointing public defenders to people accused of probation violation to hold those defendants without trial for extended length of time. A Utah judge texted porn videos to clerks of his own court. He was reprimanded but remains on the bench. An Alabama judge appointed his own son to be the public defender for over 200 indigent defendants and even heard some of the cases those defendants were tried in himself. The judge was actually on the State Judiciary Ethics Commission. In Indiana, three judges got drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Three judges got drunk and started a brawl outside of a White Castle restaurant at 3 a.m. Two of the judges wound up shot. The state Supreme Court found that they, quote, discredited the entire Indiana judiciary, and yet all three of these judges returned to the office after a short suspension. In Pennsylvania, the state reviewed the sentences of 3,500 convicted juveniles who were sentenced by two judges found to have taken bribes from a private juvenile prison contractor. The state eventually expunged over 2,500 convictions out of the 3,500 they reviewed. And in Tennessee, a judge gave criminal defendants credit for jail time if they were men and got a vasectomy 
or if they were women and got the birth control implant. So basically eugenics. Yes, yes, exactly. That's the deep south I know. I mean... I mean... (laughs) In 2022. Yes. The one that stands out to me from personal experience is in a town in Louisiana where many of my relatives lived. The area between New Orleans and Baton Rouge along the Mississippi River is known as Cancer Alley. The cancer risk just from living there is 50 times the national average. Never mind how much higher it is if you actually work in one of the chemical plants or oil refineries that so many people near this area do work at. Don't tell me there's a judge who's involved in this too. Of course there's a judge involved. So this has been in the news, national news, multiple times. Back in the day, if you sued an oil refinery or a chemical plant, you might as well have known in advance whose court you were going to wind up in. A judge who just happens to be a member of the board of directors, secretary, and treasurer for an industrial maintenance company. There was a 2020 episode on the national news about it in the late 90s. And the company with the judge on its board of directors indicates an approximate $10 million in annual revenue with 49 employees. And that's about $200,000 in change per employee, which is roughly double the revenue per employee of comparably sized companies nationwide. According to KeyBank, a survey they conducted from 2019 indicates that the average revenue per employee for companies earning $2.5 to $10 million per year is about $107,000 per employee. So somehow in the state with the third highest poverty rate in the nation and the seventh lowest average household income in the nation, a particular maintenance company in the region known as Cancer Alley manages to knock the revenue numbers out of the park every single year. I wonder if it has anything to do with the judge being on the board of directors. You know how we spent a lot of time recently talking about corruption in Eastern Europe after the fall of the Soviet party, but really, whenever people turn a blind eye, wherever people tolerate this stuff, that's where it will happen. Yeah, we were talking about this in this week's public episode as well. Talking about Roe versus Wade about to be overturned, apparently, by the Republican Supreme Court. A long time ago, elections in the U.S. were kind of turned into spectacle. And for the most part, people show up every four years to vote for a president. And then they blame everything they don't like on whoever they did not vote for. But when local judges... Uh, turn their hometown into a place known as Cancer Alley, nobody seems to notice. I mean, nobody cares about the potholes in the streets and the cracks in the sidewalks and the police departments literally taking all of your local tax revenue. And it's a pretty predictable ebb and flow. People show up to vote for presidents And they show up to vote for members of Congress if the president they voted for lost. And these local issues affect people far more, really, than any presidential policy does. 
Yeah, I've worked on a campaign for a statewide election, the Beto versus Cruz Senate campaign. And by the way, I really, really hope Beto wins against Abbott. That would make me the happiest person on earth. Beto deserves to win. But back to our ship. <laughs> In fact, I coordinated a bit of what goes into such a large scale organizing effort. And look, it was a big state and a predominantly red one. But with enough volunteers and enough hard work, you can turn a big state. Imagine what you can do in a small one. Imagine what 20 or 30 people can do in a single town rather than a state. It doesn't take a lot of money and a lot of people to cut half the grift and graft out of your local courthouse because no one shows up to vote for judges, council members, quorum court members, school board members, and things like that. 500 votes can turn those boards and offices 180 degrees with almost no money spent. Will it be hard work? Yeah. Will it take a lot of time? Yes. Will you lose some of them no matter how hard you try? Yeah. But it can be done. And that is ultimately what we're talking about in these two episodes. The courts have forsaken us. I mean, they're not our friend. They're full of Republican judges who think their inability to discriminate by race and gender and sexual orientation is a persecution of themselves. And the only way people can make their little corner of the world better is to make these Republican politicians suffer. And you're probably going to make them hate you and you'll get targeted for harassment. But you can make them suffer a little bit. Yes, not physically. Let's make that distinction clear. What we mean by this is being vocal, all the irregularities or the bad things they do. People need to know, spread the word, organize, you know, I'm sure you know what I mean. But no, we're not talking about physical suffering. Just wanted to clarify that. What we're talking about, the way you make them suffer is to make their money buy nothing. When the money gets passed around the offices of people like Mike Maggio and he loses the election they've set out to buy for him, they suffer. And when the judge who defeats a guy like Mike Maggio accepts motions like Maggio did for his nursing home buddy to revisit the decisions of all of Maggio's former cases and thus compels a prosecutor or a state attorney to spend their whole term on whiny appeals to higher courts, to stop that judge from doing so, you are making them suffer. And when your new judge stops sending people to pay the private prison contractor campaign donors that take care of the prosecutor and the sheriff's office, they suffer. So if you want to make your political climate a little better, I mean, people can do these things in their town. You know, pick a judge, pick the bad one and just get rid of him. You know, knock on doors, talk to your neighbors, make friends, make the campaign donors of that judge suffer, you know, make the companies that judge is affiliated with suffer. And when you've done so, the political party that represents them will have no choice but to spend money and people to try to clean up the mess. So by extension, you are also making the state conservative Republican whatever party suffer too by having to spend money and time on local races that they did not want to spend. Yes, I mean, this is basically how the Republicans did it. The Koch family paid anyone who would listen to them in state Republican parties to get all the crazies to show up at completely insignificant things and rant about Obama. Yes, I mean, in Little Rock in Arkansas, where Maggio was, is a good example. I remember when I lived in Little Rock, quorum court hearings were overrun by these people. And the quorum court, for people unfamiliar, 
is a board that votes on really important and uh, high drama things like, can I get a building permit to put a dock uh, next to the lake for my boat? I mean, uh, where are we going to send the maintenance crew for the state park and the mountains outside of town to fix up the bike path? This is what the quorum court does. Yeah, this is clearly a nefarious plot by Obama to stop people from having a dock for the paddle boat. <laughs> yes, yes. And they were all recruited out of local churches. Of course they were. To show, yes, to show up to these hearings. And they would rant in the public comments for hours and hours about how denying a wetland permit was the equivalent of the Nazis. <sighs> it was all, it's all pretty well documented by... A newspaper called the Arkansas Times. We'll put the Quorum Court stories about the Koch brothers in the notes for people who want to check out that stuff. It's a crazy read. Yeah, so I think that's all we have for corrupt judges, at least for now. Yeah, in closing, um, as God said in the Bibles <laughs> that they have not read, uh, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. So you guys should make friends. You know, call your neighbors, organize. You know, pick a bad judge, get rid of them. Pick a bad council member or three and get rid of them too. Put your friends in office. Yes, and by get rid of him, we also mean by voting, okay? So vote, vote, vote. Vote in the primaries, vote in the midterms, vote in the presidential elections, and any and all elections. Vote them out. And to all the justices on the Supreme Court who lied to Congress and want to overturn Roe, and return to the white citizens' councils or the KKK or whatever else they've got in mind. And they're whining about security details. Uh, well, thoughts and prayers, I guess. <laughs> we, we got a few things off our chests, didn't we? Hopefully our listeners enjoyed this as much as we did. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening to this. And see you all next week. <laughs>